Hi, yeah, I'm Mike. I'm Mike G. Um, I saw this little release form to, for recording, so I'm just saying that I give you permission to use my recording to do whatever the heck you want with, because I couldn't print out that little form that they wanted to. So verbal, verbally, I'm saying you can do it. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm Mike. I'm a compulsory eater. Um, I've got nine years into this program, and I've lost 90 to 100 pounds, depending on what time of day it is. Um, I'll show you some pictures. Is it okay if I show pictures? Okay, here's a picture of me and my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife. I put 20 pounds on this woman by feed, overfeeding her. I'm an overeater and I'm an overfeeder. She ate at every single rib joint in town with me. And that's how I was betting her out to see if she would be a good wife. And now she doesn't need any barbecue. So I don't know what I'm doing. And here's a picture of me in my majesticness, eating a huge thing of a uh, smoked salmon and smoked tuna. Um, and uh, and uh, this, is, this, is, this is another, I got two more pictures. This is a picture, you can't really tell how big that hamburger is from this. I picked that three pound hamburger up off the, with three kinds of cheeses off of the plate with my hands as big as I could get them. I did not put that hamburger down. I had a guy wiping my brow. I had another guy putting putting uh, Tabasco on it because I can't eat things without Tabasco. I had a pit crew to eat a hamburger. Who has a pit crew to eat dinner? You know, that's, that's you got a problem. And here's my pit crew. <laughs> These guys are, um, we, we're, we call ourselves the majestic fat bastards of the smoking gorilla lounge. And we've been getting together longer than I've been in OA. And we, we, we used to get together every week until my friend, uh, one of my friends sold the house that we met at. But it was, I mean, it's those guys are the reason why I came to Overeaters Anonymous. I, uh, I was sitting around in um, New Year's Eve. And we we're going, oh, let's make some New Year's resolutions, right? I said, oh, I'm going to lose some weight. And then, you know, they said other stuff too. And then almost, it was almost October when I realized that I had not lost any weight. And I didn't want to be the guy who said he was going to do something and not do it. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go get a diet plan. I'm going to go to this Overeaters Anonymous this person told me about. And I went in and I sat down and I listened. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll come back next week. And I sat down to listen and I'll come back next week. And I kept coming back every week. And it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't Jenny Craig or I don't know what those guys are like, but it's not a diet plan. But what I heard was a bunch of stuff that I could have, I could use. I was like, I understand what these guys are talking about. I need some of these tools and I need, I need and these steps. You know, I think I could benefit from them too. So I kept going. And I kept going every week and we went to the same building up until COVID. And we had to do the zoom stuff every week. And, um, you know, and over that time I went from my max weight was 365 pounds. And now I'm about 365 pounds or 265 pounds. And, and I've lost, I lost that like within the first year. And then I've kept it off for the other eight years, which is something that, um, doesn't doesn't generally happen with people who like me 
enjoy food. And uh, it was on it was on leap year day when I got abstinent. And the, my uh, my sponsor sat me down, talked to me for a long time, and says, "Okay, what what do you want to do? What are your problems?" And I told him what my problems were, and we came up with uh, abstinence plan. And it was no white sugar, no white flour, no white potatoes, no white rice, and cheese. Because I am a queso morphine addict. I turn cheese into heroin. I take I used to take eight ounce blocks of cheese and just nuke them up and eat them like that just melted cheese off a plate i mean it was it was bad it was i mean it was i mean i would eat cheese on the way to eat cheese kind of guy you know so it's it's basically an alcoholic food you know alcoholics drink water you know i eat food i just don't eat cheese you know so um everybody who asked me oh wow how'd you lose weight i go i eat funny and they go oh okay and if I could tell they want to know about OA, I'll, I'll tell them what OA is. And then I'll watch their eyes roll back because people just, they just want the pill. They just want to have some cabbage soup and lose 500 pounds of cabbage soup or whatever they're going to do. You know, they don't, they don't want to like actually do the thing. Um, so um, that's how I came to OA because of the Majestic Fat Bastards. And, and I got a sponsor, Joe, he's been working with me ever since. You know, he said, don't call me. I go, okay. He goes, until you did five pages of reading and did some writing on it, then call me and tell me what you're going to have for food. And, and I go, and one time I called him without the reading. He goes, I, I told you not to call me, you know? So I read and I wrote and I called him back and he goes, yeah, that's what I want to hear. Cause he doesn't want me to just, you know, he's not my, he's not my, my program. You know, it's like, I have, he's there to you know, help me with my program. My program requires some tools. You know, I need to do the tool of reading. I need to do the tool of writing um, before I can use the tool of sponsorship because that's the rules with this guy. And he's he's great. You know, he's he's he. You know, he's he's got a good sense of humor and he's you know he's a really smart guy. And he took me on, which I was very appreciative of because I you know he was one of the smartest guys in the room. And he said yes, and I was very pleased with that. Um, so I've been working with him this whole time. And uh, so in going to the meetings, all these tools, you know, writing, um, the telephone, I have, I've got uh, two, two sponsors or sponsees, I should say. And a third one, I kind of wants to think he's a sponsee, but I can't get him to do anything. And, uh, you know, and that's another tool that helps me because every time they call me up, I'm thinking a program, you know, every time I'm calling somebody else up, I'm thinking a program. And um, pretty soon, the background computer program in my head kind of, you know, always running is programmed. So I feel like I have something positive going on with me the whole time just by doing the things I've been doing for nine years. And, uh, you know, one of the things is like when, when, I got, when, we got, when I got married to my wife seven years ago, we had a watermelon cake for our wedding cake. That's some ballsy stuff right there. Cause like most people look at you like you're going to serve us watermelon instead of delicious cake. And I go, yeah, we are. But uh, we did the compromise. We had another table with some cupcakes for the, for the foodies. Cause we, we got some serious, I mean, I got some big boys, you know, I married into two huge sons and they're big boys. So they, they probably want some cake. And um, another thing about the food plan is, you know, just because you have a food plan and you like, one of the things is I can't have any snacks. And I don't only allow to eat three times a day, but I like to barbecue. I like to barbecue like I like to breathe. You know, I, I do it a lot and you can still 
have good food and be abstinent. You just, you just got to get a plate. Because without the plate, you got problems. <laughs> you know, you have no idea how long you've been doing this. So, you know, I fix a plate and that's my, that's my thing. I can eat the good food and, you know, just barbecue stuff, meats and whatnot, because I like that. And, uh, yeah, and you can stay abstinent. It's not like you have to, like, destroy food to become abstinent. You don't. You just have to figure out what you're at, you know, your alcoholic foods are. So, okay, let's go with this. Okay, so, like, basically, step one, I admitted I was a fat bastard. It's true. And I was out of control. So I got help. And then uh, the second step to me is uh, just acknowledging that God's gift was physics, which all makes sense. But how it all exists points to a creator. How all of these physics exist in the first place points to my creator. It's like, you know, he gave us a bunch of stuff to play with, but it's not like the stuff was here before something created it. And that's, that's my higher power. I used to, I used to be a good little, uh, good little, uh, you know, religious person. And I went on a, a mission for a couple of years in a fine place called Indiana. And uh, I got my ass handed to me by a lot of, Baptist ministers because they knew the Bible like forwards and backwards. And I was just a little, you know, 19 year old punk. And that kind of made religion to me. It was like, I'm not going to fight over it. I'm no longer fighting over religion. And we don't do that in here in program. So when people ask me who my higher power is, I say it's Richard Burton because anybody who hears Richard Burton as as your higher power is going, Oh, you're obviously a crazy person. This conversation's over which is the point. I want to end this conversation about religious stuff. Because, you know, you can have a higher power without, without, you know, my upbringing baggage. All this stuff I had growing up, it's like it was baggage to me. So I just took the higher power and ran. All right. Um, step three for me was turn my will and life over to the care of the creator of physics. And to, him, to me, I think he's given me everything. He's given me all the stuff I could possibly hope to play with and stuff. There's nothing more I should ask him for because he's given me everything I could possibly want. But the one thing I ask him for is what can I do next? Because the only thing I can do is the next thing I'm, I'm about to do. So that's what I pray for when I have my problems. And a lot of times, you know, I want to throw my boss through a plate glass window on a daily basis. And sometimes I call the wife up and I say, hey, ha- hey, honey, how much bail money do we have right now? And she goes, what do you need bail money for? And I said, she goes, don't throw him through the window. And so I asked my higher power what I can do next to deal with the guy. And I've been getting, and my higher power comes up with some pretty good stuff, you know, like count to 10, you know, and stuff like that. Because he's not even the big boss. He's, the, he's the, the younger boss who's just, I don't know what his deal is, but I have to calm down. And I, and I say the serenity prayer. Because at that moment, you know, my serenity kind of disappears on a really quick basis. And uh, that's one of the things that I wouldn't think about if it wasn't in program. Serenity. I mean, how many guys go around, you know what, I can use some serenity right now. It's like, no, nobody says that, you know. So, I mean, that's a, that's a gift. I mean, that's, that's, that's why I stuck around all those weeks before I figured out what the, the, the food plan was. So, you know, what do I do next? Because that's the only thing I'm in control of, you know. And then... Um, and I don't know if you guys uh, remember Hellraiser, the movie Hellraiser. It's kind of scary. And the guy had all those pins in his head, the pinhead from Hellraiser. That's how I see, that's how I felt about when I was doing my, uh, my fourth step and my fifth step. 
and I was yanking out pens of mistakes and the things that every time I think about it, I get that Tourette's reaction of just flinching, like, I can't believe I was that stupid or whatever, you know, I regret, you know, my regrets. Um, they're really sharp to me and it's, and it really, it's Tourette's. I mean, I, my face moves and everything. It's, it's, uh, so, so dealing with that stuff, you know, I was burying that stuff, you know, I was burying it under, you know, a lot of weight and a lot of stuff, but, you know, just like pulling those pins out and looking at them for what they really are and handing them over to my, my sponsor. And he just listens to me and talks to me about them. And, uh, that's all fourth and fifth step is, you know, getting rid of all that stuff in your head that, that you know, and the, the thing that ends up being helpful to me with that is I say, you know, okay, now that is why I don't do that anymore because of that instance. Like I used to yell at my workers. I had, to, I had a guy working for me named Sam and I was yelling at him one day because I like to yell at people. I'm really good. I'm yell, I could yell at a teamster all day and just be happy as hell. But I was talking to, uh, uh, you know, Sam said to me, he goes, you know, nobody ever, nobody ever yells at me. Nobody ever talks to me like that, in, you know, ever. I'm like, you know, and I thought about it. And then um, I stopped doing it because of, because of what he said. And then he, he left the, the company not too long after that. And then he came back one day and I saw him and I go, hey, Sam, remember that time when you said nobody talks to you like that? Nobody yells at you like that? I go, that's the reason I don't yell at my guys now. And it's because of you. And and that was kind of like, that's an amends, you know? It doesn't sound like, you know, the, the symbols don't go crashing down or anything on it. It's that simple. And he smiled. He was like, oh, I'm glad to hear that. He was, he still liked me, even though I was a prick, you know, but I'm, I'm a less of a prick because of OA. Um, all right. Um, well, I don't got much more than that. I mean, to me, to me, it's like, you know, the, the thing with the thing with once you get once you get some abstinence under your belt, you know, there's that there's that certain feeling like, you know, I got this and you start thinking it's all you and then you stop developing your your relationship with your higher power. I was I was feeling that for a while and I thought I could feel it slipping, you know, and every now and then instead of calling my sponsor, I just text him a reading and, and text him my food because um, sometimes he doesn't answer because he's a very busy guy. And then I, you can feel it kind of retracting. And when you feel it retracting, that's when it got, I got scared. I didn't do anything stupid, but I just turned it on more because I noticed that if you get comfortable in a way, you need to do a little more reading. You know, you need to, need to talk to somebody else. You need to do something more because you shouldn't be comfortable. Not like, like relax to the point where it's like, you think it's you doing it, you know? And uh, that happened kind of recently to me because my sponsor and I he he went on zoom and I went on zoom and I didn't see him every week like I used to and that physical you know proximity I really miss that I really miss that because of uh this whole thing going on and uh you know a lot of people who were in my, my meetings kind of disappeared you know and I won't call the girls because I refuse to call girls, but I'll call the guys up and ask them, hey, how's it going? But, uh, you know, I figured the girls will call the girls and the guys can call the guys because I, I ain't doing it. So um, there's been a lot of people who dropped out because of Zoom. And then we got some weird people from like, not weird, but nice people from all over the country coming into it. So it's like if we went back to real life, 
then we would lose so many people. And I had a real hard time with that too, because I don't want to lose these people. You know, I don't want to lose the people, but I also want to get my people back. And um, so that, that's been, that I've been looking up how to do a Zoom meeting together with the real meeting. It's not easy at the church I'm at. So it's like, I have to get used to Zoom. I, I mean, I know it's been a year and a half or whatever, but you know, the Brady Bunch thing just doesn't do it for me. You know, it's like, I want to see people. I want to have that side conversation. You know, it's like, is, if there was a way that Zoom could have a side conversation, that would make me, me happy because it's the people. It's like the more people, you know, the more people you talk to in program, the stronger your program is because you feel like, you know, you spend more time talking to people and, and seeing people and then you feel more a part of, you know. So um, I guess it's outreach calls. I guess that's the only thing we could do anymore. But I don't know. I'm just really grateful that um, OA is free for one thing, because none of you are here because you want something from somebody else. You know, everybody's here to be helpful. You know, everybody, we all, you know, mo most everybody, you know, is practicing anonymity. <laughs> so it's like you, you're just doing it out of the, you know, the, the love of your heart and you, your desire to help other people. You know, because listening, I mean, people in a way listen, you know, there's so many people I talk to every day who just wait till you shut up talking so they could talk some more. But in a way, you get a lot of people willing to listen and understand what you're dealing with, with the food, because it seems like, oh, just stop eating. I'll oh, just eat fewer calories than you're, than you're spending or that you're, you know, exercising, whatever. It's like, it's not that simple. There's an addiction. There's like a reason why I go for food you know, I used to go for food It's because I made a mistake. I'm a hungry. So I make, uh, I'm bored. So I get hungry. You know, I think I deserve something. So I want some, some food, you know, it's like, why do all those reasons make up for food when you don't need it? You know? And that's, that's, that's what I was a constant eater. I would eat from the, the girls at work one day calculated how many Jenny or, uh, uh, Weight Watchers points I had left for the day, say, and it was like eight o'clock in the morning. They go, okay, what have you eaten so far today? And I get to, went up to them. This was before away, and I said, well, I had three donuts, two ham and cheese croissants, and a Red Bull, and then I had two biscuits when I got to work. And she goes, well, you're done for the day, and I'm all like, the hell, I'm done for the day. That's like, I was a biscuit fanatic, man. I would eat, I'll eat biscuits all day long. But, you know, it's kind of like, you know, what made me think that I needed all that food? You know, what was I covering up? What wasn't I feeling? You know, it's like it turns out that feeling the thing and actually working through a feeling on something, you realize, you know, you could give it that wonderful, that's why I don't do that anymore label. And then if you come in contact with the person, you can give them that. And then it's like it's got, they got no power over you because you messed up. You know, if you apologize to somebody, even if they're pricks, um, they kind of look at you like, well, he's, he's acknowledged it, so I can't use that against him anymore. And other people are just like happy for you. I'm glad you're not a prick anymore. You know, so it's not a painful experience, you know. So I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling now. Um, is that time up or is there... And you got 28 seconds, and then after that, five minutes. 
I think I'm just too damn efficient. I got my whole thing done uh, five minutes and a half early. I don't know if do I get extra points for this. Do I get like a bonus check for being done fast? Maybe somebody gets a share who wouldn't have shared later on. But yeah, I'm Mike, uh, and thanks for letting me share.